Cuts it back. 40, 45, 50. He's off to the races. Down the left sideline. To the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Aaron Jones. Oh, what a play. This is the Quick Slants Podcast. What's up, Packers fans? Welcome back to the Quick Slants Podcast at Game On Wisconsin. I am Jason Perone of Game On Wisconsin, Pulse of the Pack Podcast, the Quick Slants Podcast, and the Pack a Day Podcast. The Green Bay Packers are 1-0 after a huge victory over the Minnesota Vikings at an empty U.S. Bank Stadium this past weekend. This is all old news. It's the middle of the week, and we're on to week two, but I still want to shower some and heap some praise on the Green Bay Packers for a fantastic performance against a huge division rival in a big road game to start the season. I know I've mentioned before, I love getting those tough divisional road games out of the way early in the season. The Packers did that in grand fashion, putting up 43 points and beating the Minnesota Vikings 43-34 to on Sunday. And again, they are 1-0 on the season, 1-0 on the division, with a chance to go 2-0 on the season and 2-0 on the division if they can beat the Detroit Lions in the home opener at Lambeau Field on Sunday this coming weekend. But a couple things that stood out, right? You want to set the tone for a, a new season and let everyone know that you're there and that you're eyes on the prize, that you're a Super Bowl contender, that you're an NFC contender. And they hailed the Vikings to a near all-time low in time of possession, just 18 minutes for the Vikings compared to over 40 minutes for the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers absolutely terrorized the Vikings defense, putting up 364 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Anything Rodgers wanted to do with his arm on Sunday, he did it. And he did it in grand fashion. And we will talk about that a little bit later as we get into the day that was and what it means for the Packers moving forward and as they try to establish a little bit of identity in 2020. But First, I got to talk about the site and all the great work the team has been doing here. So Game On Wisconsin, great shows, great podcasts, great written content every single day. So check out the website, follow us on Twitter, like our Facebook page, join our Facebook group, follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. We are at Game On WI, all kinds of announcements, and we stream our live shows to most any platform that you want to be on. So if you want to be at YouTube... You want to be on Twitter, you want to be on Facebook, you can find our live shows in any of those places. Missed some of our shows earlier this week? Well, first of all, as I always say, shame on you, but go back and watch Happy Hour with Maggie and Perry. And of course, we've got Quick Slants today. Later on today, we've got Open Book with Eli Berkovitz, Zach Jacobson, and Lombardi's Bar with the fellas. So check those shows out if you have not already. Back to Aaron Rodgers, back to the Green Bay Packers, back to the offense that just churned out yards and points at will, kept the Minnesota Vikings defense on the field, and they had no answer for what the Green Bay Packers did on offense. Aaron Rodgers, masterful game. The man still got it. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder, and it is evident that he is not conceding his starting quarterback position to Jordan Love anytime soon, if if week one was any indication. Rodgers targeted eight different receivers on the day, but... I, it's oblivious of me not to mention that Devontae Adams led all receivers with 17 targets on the day. You know, Adams tied a franchise record, 14 catches, and he was the riddle that Minnesota's defense just could not solve. 
absolutely incredible how he does this season in and season out. His footwork and route running had him alone in green space all day. And I don't think that's so much unique to Minnesota's defenders. I think Adams is going to be open a lot this season. In fact, I'm, I'm just, I'm, hold on, I'm, you can't see it, but I'm holding my, my, my earphone to the ear like I'm getting news that's coming into me. And it, apparently, it, you know what I'm hearing? Devontae Adams actually just caught another pass at U.S. Bank Stadium somehow here on Wednesday, and the game's been over for three days. But Devontae Adams caught another ball against the Vikings. And I don't know how that happened, but it sure did. So he is still terrorizing the Vikings, and I'm sure he's showing up in their nightmares as well. As you think about the opportunity here, okay, you've got to, on the one side, you could say, well, he was targeted so many times. How come they're not spreading the ball around? And what about the other receivers? You don't really have good enough receivers. And are you going to be able to, to ride or die with Devontae Adams every single week? Well, when you have a receiver talent as good as Devontae Adams, yes, you can try. It's not going to work every single week. But even though the struggles were had throughout the day, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, as MVS draws defenders deep and the other pass catchers garner attention. I'm talking about Alan Lazard, Jay Sternberger, the running backs, Josiah DeGuara. Adams is going to make the other guys pay for not allocating more resources towards him. You know, if you can't double Devontae Adams, he's open. If it's one-on-one coverage and Aaron Rodgers knows Devontae Adams has his man one-on-one, the ball's going to number 17. Straight up. Because he's going to be, he's going to get open. He's going to separate and he's going to find a way to be open as he was many times on Sunday. That's not by accident. You can scheme some of that stuff up and you can get guys open because your scheme is good and your offense is good and the execution is good. Devontae Adams is a baller. He's a football player. Football players just show up on Sunday. They don't need a playbook. They don't need a scheme chart or any kind of assignment. They just go out and play. And because they want to, they win, right? So that again, back to that argument about did he have too many targets or not, Devontae Adams. You know, some said, hey, listen, if he's open and he can win every time, ride it till the wheels fall off. And that's what the Packers offense is going to do every single week. But it's not always going to be Devontae Adams. The Packers are going to find their ride and go until the wheels break off of it. Sometimes it's going to be Aaron Jones. Sometimes it might be Jay Sternberger, A.J. Dillon, Josiah DeGuara, whatever that be. They're going to find that element and they're going to roll with it, right? All of those guys I mentioned, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams too. The Packers have a bevy of guys who can be the man each week, but let's not make any mistake, right? Who the most capable, the man guy is on this team. It's Devontae Adams. Absolutely stellar. Packers better start accruing some money to pay this guy when his contract is up. DeAndre Hopkins just got a huge deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Devontae Adams and his agent were absolutely taking notes this past weekend. Don't you doubt it for one second. Packers are going to have a big, big decision to make on Devontae Adams. And I say big because that's how big, how much money is going to be spent. It's going to be huge. Uh, Adams just looks like he's on another level. Like he's in a different matrix out there. You know, the old adage of he's playing chess while the others are playing checkers. That rings very true when you look at Adams what he brings as opposed to some of those other playmakers out there. I mentioned DeAndre Hopkins. Now, he had a similar day for the Cardinals in their debut, their win over the 49ers in San Francisco, which go Cardinals. I don't. You won't hear me say that very often. I am not a Cardinals fan, and I've got several many reasons why, and maybe someday I'll tell the story and stories of why that is. I live in the Phoenix area, so that's, that's part of it as I'm exposed to some of the weirdness that goes on here with Cardinals and Cardinals fans. But Hopkins has a huge day 
against the 49ers and ends up helping them or, or against the 49ers ends up helping the Cardinals win. So let's see if those two end up battling for the better numbers in 2020. I mean, listen, if Devontae Adams is going to pick somebody to mirror himself after, or not even mirror himself after, but compete with and try and outdo, you can do a lot worse than DeAndre Hopkins. I can tell you that. So moving on from the wide receivers in the offense, you had some unfortunate news with Lane Taylor. He's got the ACL tear. His season is over after one game, after he had such a stellar preseason, restructured his contract, and became a big option on the offensive line for the Packers, who were going to have to ride with Billy Turner and Rick Wagner on the right side of the offensive line it had Lane Taylor not gotten himself in a position to be a starter or if he did not have a stellar training camp, but he did. Now Lane Taylor is out. Hopefully Billy Turner is back next week which in the home opener against the Lions, which gives the Packers a little bit more leeway. They did get good news on Lucas Patrick, whose injury seems to be shorter term. According to Tom Pelissero, it sounds like Lucas Patrick has a very good chance to play in week two. But what might the Packers do for some depth on the offensive line? They just lost a key piece. You're now down to Rick Wagner and Billy Turner on the right side as guys with any type of NFL experience. Unless you want to put Lucas Patrick out there. You've got Elton Jenkins. You can move him around. Otherwise, you're talking about just as far as other guys on the roster, Yosh Nijman and John Runyon Jr., and Runyon Jr. filled in for Lane Taylor on Sunday. And he did well enough that we didn't hear his name all day. Now, that was one game, one time. But he's, he played well. And it still begs the question, the obvious question that Packers fans have been asking for weeks. Is this finally time for the Packers to pick up the phone and call Jared Valdir? Well, I don't know. We're into week two. So if they sign Valdir, or anyone really for that matter, they're not going to have to fully guarantee the player's salary anymore for 2020. It can be prorated for the number of weeks that they're with the team and active. So financially, the Packers are in a better position. They're in a position of more leverage there. But the issues on the offensive line now, as far as depth, may be more on the inside, whereas Valdir is a tackle. So if Elton Jenkins is, is going to slide back out to right tackle, well, you now have a hole at left guard. So do the Packers feel more comfortable, confident with with Jenkins out there at right tackle and giving Runyon another chance to start and play left guard. Then they slide Billy Turner back to his old right guard position he played last year. Or is Turner the right tackle? Jenkins goes back to his left guard position, his natural position from last year. And Runyon Jr. moves over to the right side. You know, having Rick Wagner is, is somewhat helpful. He did okay in replacement duty on Sunday against a pretty good pass rusher and Yannick Ngakwe with the Vikings. So maybe Wagner's a better option than hope for, but I don't know. I think the offensive, I'll say this, the offensive line situation is far from a disaster. The Packers at least have options. You might not love the idea of Rick Wagner and Billy Turner being the answers, but they did okay. I mean, you know, Turner wasn't out there. We didn't see him play in week one, but he played okay last season. Aaron Rodgers didn't get sacked at all in week one. Now, he's not going to stay clean every single week. He's going to get sacked at some point. But he was able to stay clean last week against a pretty good Vikings defense that's playing at home so the offensive line could have turned in a much worse performance and they didn't you know Lane, Lane Taylor wasn't thought of as a key piece coming into the season like I said but he quickly made the the offensive line a strength with his presence and that presence is now gone and it needs to be accounted for in, in some way and the Packers will have to get it figured out here in a couple of days but they've got options and, and fortunately it sounds like Lane Taylor is the big casualty but Lucas Patrick has a chance to come back. I didn't have 
much to add about the defense and Kenny Clark. I know that Clark had the groin injury. And by the time you're listening to this, there might be an update on Clark because I'm recording this late on Tuesday. So Wednesday is the first day back after the day off. And typically when you get any kind of an injury update for the first time, even if the Packers simulate a practice or they don't practice in full, they'll still give some sort of an injury update. And so Kenny Clark's status might be more clear by the time you're listening to this. But as of right now, I don't have any update and don't know. Obviously, Kenny Clark is a very key part up front. And if you take him away from any defensive line or defense, it's going to be exponentially worse without him. But the Packers defensive line in particular is really going to be missing Clark based on who's left. Kingsley Kiki, Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster, Montrevious Adams, if Adams is able to play, okay, I mean, that's bodies. But you're you're talking about Kenny Clark, who you just paid a huge mega deal to and is a Pro Bowl potential all-pro defensive tackle in the NFL. And that's a big loss. So wanted to mention that as well on top of the offensive line. But that's the nature of the NFL. Last year, the Packers got really lucky with injuries. They didn't have very many. This season, there's already been a couple. It's the injury bug is hitting this team and they're going to have to deal with it. No two seasons are alike. They're probably not going to have the same good fortune this year as they did last year. They're going to have to find ways to replace some guys who go down. You just hope that it's not any of your super key guys. David Bakhtiari, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. You know, those guys go down, then it's it's a game changer no matter how you slice it and no matter who you sign to bring in, right? So if we talk about the Detroit Lions in the division, the Packers have a uh, an opportunity here to really make a run and make it and get off to a really fast start. Two divisional wins to start the season is big. They swept the division last year. You're going to win a lot of divisions and you're going to go to a lot of playoffs if you sweep the division. And even if the Packers don't, to get off to a 2-0 start would be incredible. And yes, it's at Lambeau Field. It's a home game, but there's not going to be any crowd. There's not going to be any fans in the stands. And I have to wonder how much that helped the Packers against the Vikings. Typically, that's a really loud venue to play in. And they did not have to contend with that raucous Vikings crowd on Sunday. So I took a little bit of it. It's a little bit of the mystique of being on the road against a tough division opponent away. So now do the Lions benefit from a quieter Lambeau field. Well, the Lions are going to be coming in really ticked off. And the Packers are going to have to avoid a big letdown here against Detroit this weekend. The Lions let a 23-6 lead slip away. They entered the fourth quarter up 23-6 against the Chicago Bears led by Mitchell Trubisky, a quarterback. And they allowed the Bears to score 21 points in the fourth quarter. And even then, the Lions still had a chance to win the game late Matthew Stafford finds an open DeAndre Swift in the end zone, throws a perfect pass to him. Swift just dropped it. Dropped a game-winning touchdown pass. Bears win. Lions lose. Lions lose their home opener. They need to steal one somehow. Teams that start getting desperate start playing a different brand of football. They start playing more. They take more chances. They, they start taking more risks. The Packers have to be ready for that and prepared. The Lions are going to be coming to the Lambeau Field looking to atone for that terrible opening weekend, and they don't want to get buried with a quick 0-2 record in the division. They don't want to fall the other direction. The Green Bay is looking to go 2-0. The Lions could be 0-2 in the division in a season where they were hoping to maybe surprise 
some teams and and not be their usual average to below average selves. Now the Lions are really good at doing that, so it's going to be difficult for them not to. You know, it's called lionsing, or the Lions are going to lion, as they say. But you know, the Packers, on the other hand, like I said, they got a chance to go up two and all in the division, and it would get them a huge leg up in the NFC North, and really kind of a huge leg up in the NFC. If you want to look at it that way, I mentioned the Cardinals beating the 49ers. That's important, especially that that's a home, was a home game for the Niners. So San Francisco loses their first game. Now, I don't know what all the numbers and analytics are and what all the stats show about what happens with a Super Bowl loser. I mean, they, they, typically the team that loses the Super Bowl has a tough time making the playoffs the following season. But if they lose their home opener to boot, then what? Then how much further reduced is their chances of making the playoffs Every time the 49ers lose a game and the Packers win, it's one step closer to the ultimate advantage for the Packers if they have to play the 49ers in the playoffs, which is getting them at Lambeau Field in January, right? And I, I guess I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, and we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves here a bit in week two of a young season, but it's hard not to be pumped up and excited about what the Packers did on Sunday. The defense just brought it, brought the swagger. Jair Alexander... Just playmaking, just deciding, look, I'm going to go for it. I'm, I see a play in front of me. I'm going to go make it. He sacks Kirk Cousins in the end zone for a safety after the Packers failed to punch it in on fourth and goal from the one-yard line. Matt LaFleur saying, you know what? If our offense can't punch it in and get this one yard and score, our defense will get us the ball back. Well, they did even better. They got the ball back, and they also threw two points up on the scoreboard. So if that's what the Packers' defense is going to do this season – you can sign me up for it. One thing I do want to mention that I hope they clean up and that they they really talk about this week is keeping your head on straight. Darnell Savage is primed to be a really good safety in this league, but he had the unnecessary roughness or the late hit penalty. He gets chippy after another tackle against a, a, a Vikings player and starts getting chippy and jawing. Those kind of things are going to kill your defense, when you get a big stop and you start jawing with the other team and all of a sudden they get yards back and their their drive continues and then they find themselves in the end zone. The penalty, unfortunately, from, from Savage came when the Vikings started their possession with 14 seconds left in the half and they weren't in field goal range. They, they had no business putting any points up on the scoreboard. And by the way, Minnesota was already set to get the ball to start the second half because they deferred after winning the, the coin flip. So they deferred, and they were going to get the ball to start the second half. Packers, all they got to do is just let 14 seconds drain off the clock, and they go in with a a lead at halftime. Instead, they let the Vikings kick a field goal. And then Minnesota comes out. Now, fortunately, the Packers forced a punt on that first possession of the second half by Minnesota, but it doesn't matter. Those kinds of things are going to hurt you at some point. It's going to hurt you that you let three points go up on the board. You lose a game by one or two points. That's the difference right there. Discretion, keeping your head on straight. It's one thing to have that swagger and be that team on defense and establish that culture, but they've got to be smart about it. And I hope Darnell Savage Jr. thinks about that and, and realizes, look, I I can make all the statements I want to about myself and how good I am in year two with what I do on the field in, in during the play, not afterwards and without any extracurricular activities. So hopefully something that is going to be addressed by the Packers. So as far as, as the game takeaways and everything else, that's going to do it for this week's quick slants podcast. I hope that we have some more fun stuff to talk about next week and that it's not so 
injury heavy. But wanted to talk about the offensive line because, again, it's something that we hope doesn't start to rear itself as an issue for this Packers team who didn't seem to have any issues with it on Sunday. So if we see, see them come out and perform really well again against the Lions, then keep Aaron Rodgers clean. And despite whoever's up front blocking, they're doing really well. Then I think the Packers are onto something, and it looks like this team could be a lot better than previously thought and at least playing up to their potential. So I mentioned some of our other shows. We've got Open Book and Lombardi's Bar later today. Pulse of the Pack is going to be back this weekend. We'll be previewing Packers-Lions. And, of course, all the game day coverage you can want on Sunday. Starts off with the fantasy football. Then we've got the pre-snap. The game itself takes place in the afternoon. Then you've got the post route with Alex Strofe and the roundtable. Plus, we've got some big announcements coming soon. So stay tuned at Game On Wisconsin. You're not going to want to miss some of the new and cool stuff that's going on over there at Game On Wisconsin. But watch all of our shows. Get over there. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. Like our Facebook page. Follow our or join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram. We'll have stuff up on all those platforms for you. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your week. It's another Packers-Lions matchup at Lambeau Field. Everybody, as always, stay safe and go Pack Go. Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae from right to left. Cutting left to the 50, to the 45-40. Track down from behind. 